This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Grant Zarzer, a hip and knee surgeon and president of Gulf, or- Gulf Orthopedics in Mobile, Alabama. Dr. Zarzer, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Uh, thanks for having me. A pleasure. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about with the healthcare landscape and how it's changing, but before we dive into those questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Well, I'm down here in Mobile in South Alabama, and uh, Gulf Orthopedics uh, has only been around a few months. We started in July, uh, a brand new group, so the evolving uh, orthopedic business landscape certainly has uh, affected us in a very positive way, and uh, I'm a hip and knee surgeon, and do 450, 500 uh, hip and knee replacements a year down here. And we're working on outpatient joints and robotics and everything else that many others are around the country. And uh, just enjoy getting to wake up every day, trying to make some patients better. Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. And, you know, what really inspired you to open a new practice, um, I guess, at this time, especially a couple years into a pandemic? For sure. You know, I think that our North Star at Gulf Orthopedics, like many other groups, is just excellent patient care. And when we see an opportunity to kind of improve something we're doing on any aspect, whether it be uh, in the clinic or in surgery or on the business side of things, we want to pivot, move toward that, and uh, make things better. And starting a new group kind of from fresh with uh, four other great partners, and we're working on expanding, um, has been wonderful. We're all on the same page about moving in the right direction for patients. And certainly orthopedic surgeons can sometimes be difficult to all get on the same page of anything. I joke that it's hard to get more than five orthopedic surgeons to agree on what day of the week it is, but uh, we are having fun putting this together. And uh, so far things are going really well. That's great to hear. Now, what are some of the top challenges that you're anticipating through the end of the year? Well, I think that certainly on the business side of things, the orthopedic landscape, there's kind of this musical chairs being played right now. The music is going and do you sit in the private equity chair or the status quo or uh, try to come together, merge or do an MSO with other private practice groups? Um, And really our goal is to figure out what's the right step for us. Um, And we're trying to learn from some of the other groups around the country you've already been down these roads or actively going down these roads. And, um, but really, you know, there's hospital partnerships as well. And, uh, but, but our goal is really just to continue to maintain this four star of excellent patient care and see which one of those makes the most sense. And it's a very complex world right now. Like we used to have to worry about, you know, for me, hip and knee surgery. And uh, now it's increasingly uh, evident. You have to pay attention to the business side of things. And, uh, right now, we're, we're working on that, and you got to have a practice that can recruit new doctors, and workplace culture is more important than it's ever been for good reason. And so those are kind of the, the main things we'll be working on, um, but, you know, pretty complex stuff. Absolutely. That, you know, makes a lot of sense, and it's just interesting to see how the landscape is evolving um, when you consider about what your next move is going to be, what are the top one or two things, I guess, patient care being the North Star, but other aspects right. that are really important to you um, to, to maintain about your practice going forward? Well, I think that really uh, operational autonomy is important for a lot of doctors and the ability to kind of uh, direct the, the business. 
And you give that up in some instances and in some of these options, or you give up a portion of that. Um, certainly, I think most all of these, the doctor gets to maintain clinical autonomy. But uh, the question is, is, you know, how much operational autonomy do you want to give up? And you have to first realize orthopedic surgeons, we don't know everything outside of, you know, our maybe subspecialty. We probably don't know everything in that subspecialty either. We're learning every day. But uh, who's the right partner uh, to come with who's going to help you grow? And so um, it also, to me, is I'm a little bit on the younger side. Um, I need a 30-year plan. So I'd like to know how does the group get stronger every year and how do we make sure that we continue to attract the best surgeons to want to join our group. And um, it's, it's pretty complex to figure out who can tell you the right thing. And, and then you have to figure out if they're just telling you that or uh, if it's actually the truth. So um, it's going to be a tough challenge for sure to pick the rest, the best option for us and um, the best option for, you know, some of our colleagues around the, the area too. So we shall see. It makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting to think about growth over time, whether it's over the next year, three, five years, and then 30 years down the line. Um, what are some of the big opportunities? We've touched on private equity, some of the MSO and growth in that way, but are there any other areas when thinking about your particular practice or um, patient base that you really see as being um, huge opportunities to grow and develop? I think that uh, we want to have our clinic be right around the corner from a lot of patients and so well located and convenient. I think the old model or some models include, you know, you have one office that you put it in the middle of some town and you expect everybody from a 30 mile radius to come to you. Um, I think there's another model out there that's like your Walgreens or your neighborhood market model where you have a smaller office that's around the corner from the patients and it's maybe not as large and doesn't have maybe every bell and whistle but our goal is to have the best doctors and also be the most convenient. So we're looking at strategic locations where a large population base can get to us with under a 10 to 15 minute drive. And they don't have to commit to a half day or a full day losing work uh, because we're too far away. And certainly efficiencies inside the clinic, we want the visit to be efficient in and out in under an hour. But so that's one opportunity to grow is be in the right location. But secondarily, uh, to grow, you have to have enough providers. Uh, and we need providers who are uh, great at surgery and great at being able to communicate with their patients. And uh, what we're finding, certainly in the recruitment process, is a lot of people in training right now um, really are valuing who they're going to be working with, who their other partners are, and what the mindset is on you know, is everybody going to try to work 110 hours a week and uh, it's a race to see who can be the top of the list? Or are you trying to have some semblance of a work-life balance and be present for kids and family? And um, what we're trying to do is, you know, have that right balance where you still, you know, get to be with the kids and family and attract the top talent. And increasingly, the top doctors coming out of training have more and more offers because many groups are looking for doctors and it's hyper competitive right now for the best uh, trainees. And uh, we've got to continue to separate ourselves. Absolutely. That's, you know, so interesting to hear and think about the, the landscape and what, you know, physicians coming out of school are looking for. 
when you are, you know, connecting with these potential candidates and people coming in who may join you in the future, how do you differentiate yourself? What is attractive to them, um, you know, in, in one way, shape or form? Well, I think that first you're looking for a similar mindset um, and other partners or potential partners that you want to be seen with in public and go to dinner with and enjoy being around because you're around them so much that it's going to be a huge chunk of your life. And I tell, you know, applicants all the time and they'll ask about partnership track or what are the goals or how do you get to be a partner or what does it look like for y'all? And to me, the most important thing is you've got to find a group of people that you trust that whenever they sit around the table and they're talking about you, you trust them to say the right nice things and that you're doing a good job if you are doing a good job. If you're looking for some uh, exact definition of how to make partner, or it's just strictly financial or strictly time, um, that, that I think gets a little uh, troubling. And so these recruits want to see a group of people they enjoy being with and an environment where they can focus on taking care of patients. But at the same time, they want to see a business strategy that's going to last for their whole career. They don't want to be uh, working for five different people over the next 10 years. And, you know, to be honest, we've had some applicants who've said um, they are eliminating some of the potential spaces for them to go work based off of their business decisions and has nothing to do with the doctors. That's so interesting to hear. Thank you so much for going through that with us. Now, I have uh, one more question I wanted to ask you, and it's about robotic technology. What has your experiences been with robotics, and how do you see that evolving within the orthopedic space? Well, I'm early on in experience with robotics. I've certainly done some, you know, assisted surgeries in the past and in my training, but um, I really think that obviously the adoption rate of robotic assisted surgery across the country is going up. And there's a lot of studies and we need to be paying attention to the data and understanding how that's helping. And you've got to try to be getting better every day. And certainly surgical precision uh, is increased with robotics that decreases the number of outliers. And um, I think that for me, uh, we have a robot coming to our hospital um, the next few weeks, the Velus robot. And, you know, I think that what's important is we pay attention to what patients are looking at. There's a lot more marketing happening that's direct to consumer. Now patients are more educated than they've ever been. And people will come into my office now telling me uh, I'd like this, that, and that. And obviously we have a conversation to determine if that's the correct plan for them. But um, in the past, I don't think uh, patients had as much access to information about what the potentially their plan could be. So we have to be prepared to answer those questions. And I think a lot of people are coming in now wanting to know about robotics because of the success that robotics have had in other fields of medicine. Uh, And right now, you look at different sorts of strategies in the operating room, like kinematic alignment is having some great success, it looks like, in the literature lately, or at least looking like uh, maybe some patients are having uh, less pain. And it's it's all early there, but using a robot to get the right kinematic alignment or uh, maybe a little less invasive obviously makes sense. And we just have to pay attention to the data to make sure that's the case. Got it. I think that is really interesting to hear. And, you know, um, and having the new robot coming, what um, made you decide on the Velis robot? 
what was it about it that that you really felt like a, a connection to that technology um, over some of the others in the market? I really like not requiring a CT scan. Having a patient have to get that, in my opinion, is time consuming and radiation exposure and costs. And I'm trying to limit all those things for the patient. Um, obviously, there's some great robots that have CT scans and great results. It just, for me, I'm looking for something that um, is, is maybe a little bit smaller of an adjustment for my practice. So that's what attracted me to it. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Well, Dr. Zeiser, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fantastic discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.